Let's take baseball. Okay. Ball it up. Get all of it together. And just throw it right in the garbage. And <laughs> never look at it again. Let's just take baseball. That's in. not even a bad idea. Get it off the face of this planet. Welcome back. This is Buffalo Bar Talk. I'm not even going to say an episode number because it's been it's been a while. It's been Hiatus. a minute. How's our uh, how's our our viewers our listeners doing? Glad to, glad to be back with you guys. We got myself. I'm Zach. Got Joe here. How's it going, everybody? He's it's been buying a, a Super Bowl square as we as we speak. It's been a short seven month hiatus since our last episode. We got AJ. What's up, guys? I've uh, fallen out of the sports world a little bit since the, the the Bills playoff game, but I'm getting back. I'm working on it. We have zero credibility, is what you're saying. <laughs> post uh, post Bills depression set in, yeah. I guess, right? I'm, I'm, good. I'm good now. It's it's been three weeks. Two weeks? Yeah. Three weeks? I'm uh, it's, uh, it's been a while. We're, we're feels back, like, though. Feels like forever ago. Feels good to be back. Um, so we're going to dive right in. We kind of got a lot uh, big NHL-centric podcast today. We're going to talk a lot about the Sabres, who are on are in the midst of a, a break right now, but it's kind of a good point to reflect on what's happened thus far this season and look to the next couple months um so they don't play again for what is it's, it like, it's it's like like 28th so. the 28th they play yeah mm-hmm. so it's a week it's a week but they're in a good position right now where they could legitimately make a push in these next couple weeks with their schedule number one and they've put themselves in a position in the standings where if they put a little bit of points together in the next couple weeks that they could you know, be in a good position moving forward. They just got to rip, like, four games mm-hmm. together, it seems like. I mean, they almost did it right before the All-Star break. If they would have won in Nashville, that would have been great to have that momentum. And that being said, that was they played a good game. That road trip was really – the father trip was really good all mm-hmm. around. They played a really good game in Dallas, which is – they were in their last eight games prior to that. They were 7-0-1. We were on a decent hot streak. Then we were 4-2 six games prior, but, like – Dallas was having a great little uh, hot streak there, and we went in there and we won in regulation. Mm-hmm. We just have to with Bishop and that too. Yeah. It's not like they were playing their backup against us. We got to play, keep playing strong until we get Skinner and Olsen back. Really, like that's going to be huge at this point if we can start to solidify that bottom six and get some guys that can can score and help out um, down there. It would be a huge help for them. If you look at their next couple games when they come back, you have the centers, which Kind of feels like a must-win game, even though, you know, there's a lot of hockey left. But, mm-hmm. you know, Senators, Canadians, Blue Jackets, they have the Avalanche. That's not going to be easy. Red Wings and Rangers. <clears throat> if you want to be considered a legitimate contender to even make the playoffs, that you have to rip off at least, you know, four of those six games, yeah. if not five. Um, we'll see if they can do it. I think, I mean, you talked about Olsen and Skinner getting those two guys back. When you when you think about it, that's kind of like they're making a trade of some sort where they're like <clears throat> bringing in two guys who are really big pieces for their team that you know adds a huge part to two lines um, mm-hmm. that can really. I mean, Olsen showed that he's capable of playing with Reinhardt and Eichel, and Skinner can drive his own line, and 
you're putting him with Johansson, who's been really good this season too at times. So. I think coming off the injury, Skinner's going to be hungry because let's let's face the facts. He, <clears throat> we did have to overpay him. I'm not gonna. This is not me shitting mm-hmm. on Skinner, but he's underperformed, and he knows that too. I think he's going to come back. He's going to be pissed off. He's going to want to play. He's going to want to net some goals and just shut people up, basically. Because you know what, last year was like the Eichel and Skinner show, and this year is just like the Eichel show, basically. Mm-hmm. Skinner's got what I think he has twelve goals. I could be wrong by saying that, but it's probably close. Something it's in there. it's not yeah. a lot. Yeah, um, he's been injured for what three or four weeks now, going back to early December. I mean, they're they're playing early good December. hockey too, and it starts with at the very top with Eichel having a hard trophy caliber year. Um, I mean, he, he there's not really too much else you can say about him other than he's been absolutely incredible this year. Um, I think a lot of credit needs to go to Ralph Kruger too because what we're seeing this year as opposed to last year, we're seeing the same slumps mm-hmm. and we do have the same players, unfortunately, for the most it's part. That's just about that's another that's another same. conversation to have. But like mm-hmm. Kruger has shown that he can get the most out of all these players. Like I think Johan Larson is having an extremely good season yeah. Even for, for his ceiling. And Gergensen yeah. for their ceiling. I mean I'll be the first one to say it. when they brought back both Gergensen's and Larson, I'm like, why? Yeah. Why? Even even yeah. still, it's still it's so crowded with the bottom six and even probably you could name eight eight plus guys that are You can all, get for a million. Yeah, they're all okay. Yeah. They all could have a spot on the team, but you don't need eight plus of the no, same player. Yeah. Of Evan Rodriguez, Larson, Gergensen, like Asblin. You don't need all of these guys at the same level. Well, they already. Uh, that was my big thing is not necessarily at the beginning of the season because I didn't think he was NHL ready, but you now have a guy in Asplund who is capable of playing that same role that Gergensen's and Larson mm-hmm. do. So it's like on a cheaper deal. How many <laughs> how many bottom six level. forwards can you have on a team? And I mean, I didn't even like the Michael Froelich deal. I really didn't even mind it because they brought another forward that's. And I think he's been playing good. He's, he's been, been unlucky to get on the score sheet, honestly. They've, yeah. But they've had him with Johansson, and I thought they've been actually pretty good. And the nice thing about Froelich is he's really defensively responsible, and he can kill penalties too. Yeah, um, it's exactly what you want. So, and that could potentially replace somebody like a Gergensen's, who is mm-hmm. him and Larson. Their main attraction is that they are good penalty killers, and they're yeah. good grinders to have like that. But. Other than that, I mean, back to the point, Kruger is getting the best he can out of a lot of these players. Which kind of moves the conversation to, he needs a little bit of help from Mr. Jason Bottero. You know, like, he can only do so much with the 18 defensemen and 10 bottom six forwards that he has on the roster. Like, he's, yeah, he needs The biggest thing that change. I've seen with Kruger this year is how the team tends to bounce back back when they go through like these rough patches and I think I mean we kind of knew from the beginning that he was a good communicator and all these other things but you know he gets the guys up to to get ready to play even after they're losing three or four games in a row which I think is is you know it speaks to his talent as a coach to get like you said the best out of his lineup that he can um but um I Botterill. It, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I like Jason Botterill. I don't hate a lot of the things that he's done as GM, which, I mean, feel free to fight me on that because I know that's not like a... He said some questionable moves. 
but he's done some good stuff. Too. That's fair. I mean, it's a little bit of both I right now. Yeah, like certain moves that <clears throat> he has a chance to fix people, like Casey Middlestat. Mm-hmm. We gotta remember, Casey Middlestat is twenty years old. Mm-hmm. I think we need to lower our expectations, and I think this isn't just like a Buffalo thing. I think across the league, we expect mm-hmm. these eighteen and nineteen year olds to come in, and you want them to be Norris contenders and Hart Trophy contenders, like. That's just not gonna happen. Like Even, yeah, Casey he, Middlestat could be two or three years away from really a breakout season, and that's okay. I legit, I legit forgot about him until you just said it. Yeah, yeah. and that's not a good thing to like. That's supposed Maybe, to be one of your yeah. franchise cornerstones, and I just legitimately forgot, forgot about, about him because he's like I, I don't want to say buried in Rochester because <clears throat> he's I think, not buried in Rochester. I think that was a smart thing to up. do. Ex- yeah, that was the right I, move I there. It was, For sure. Because, and I remember Botterill, when he talked a couple weeks ago, he said, you know, he, he can come up here and play in Buffalo and, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of survive, but they want mm-hmm. him in Rochester where he can actually, you know, find his game, figure out what he has to do to be successful at this level in terms of the NHL level. And It's because he's, um, he's a cocky player. Like, he plays cocky and he has a lot of skill and he knows it, and when things aren't clicking for him and he's not doing the things that he knows in his head that he's capable of doing, I think he, he gets off his game a little bit, so he's just got to, you know, put this up This is uh, sort of, I mean, not the exact same situation, but the Ducks, when they had a young Getzloff and a young Perry, they had sent them down to the AHL team because they had Sergei Fedorov on the team. They didn't believe Fedorov was a good leader for the young man. This is not the same thing as Casey and well. Buffalo, but they sent him down to the AHL, Ryan Getzloff and Corey Perry tear it up. They had, like, 40 points in, like, 29 games or something like that. Get called back up. They believe the next year they ended up going in to win the Cup with Niedermeyer and all those great players. As soon as Federoff – they want a Federoff out of there just because, like, not because he's a bad player. He was a bad influence for a young Corey Perry and a young Getzloff, and you see what they've evolved too. So, I mean, there's a lot of instances where GMs will send these young players down, even if they are NHL-ready, mm-hmm. just because it's not the right time for them. My big thing with the Sabres right now is, like, if you look at, you look back at history the last couple of years, like, the Tim Murray years, you know, I don't wanna. Ted Nolan stuff, Pat LaFontaine, there's one common denominator in how bad this team has been, and it's relatively been ownership. Like, the incompetentness, and I'm, I'm speaking strictly from a hockey standpoint, like, we're not even talking about the stupidity of the 50th anniversary and how badly that was fumbled this year. But ownership has really fumbled this team because of their shift in focus from, you know, Sabres to Bills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. and I, you know, kudos to the Pagulas for keeping a team, the teams in Buffalo. Like, if the Sabres left, I'd be devastated, heartbroken, every sense of those kind of words. But they have shown that they kind of don't really know how to run a hockey team. Like, and... This team hasn't been good in a decade, if not more, and the unwillingness to hire a president of hockey operations. You've kept this GM who I don't. I'm not necessarily calling for Botterill's job, but like he's made some questionable decisions. And when was the last time we've heard the Pagulas speak about anything going on with the Sabers? It's been it's been years. Like, where is your your leadership? It seems that they're clearly lacking something that needs to be there. And I think the biggest thing would be hiring a president of hockey operation. I think that has to be done. And we haven't even heard that they're considering doing that. So It solves a lot of their problems, too. They're clearly very hands-off with the Sabres mm-hmm. as opposed to the, the other team in Buffalo, the Bills. I mean, well, it, 
it boils down to a money thing. I it's a hundred percent a money thing. I mean, we can go on the whole thing how the NHL is just not a. It's a hard marketable sport just because the NHL doesn't market it well and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, it is a money thing. But yeah, like you said, I just that's think an it's an easy fix right there. Ownership incompetence of. I mean, he just doesn't. He they they both didn't really know how to run an organization when they started it. They're kind of learning on the fly and they just haven't like picked it up. They're sort of out of their grace period of learning how to do it on the fly. Right. Like it's, yeah, it's time to know or not know. Yeah. Pass on on responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I just think from, it doesn't make sense why you wouldn't even consider bringing in somebody who can kind of steer the ship a little bit and, I mean, and I don't. I haven't even said anything about how badly this year has been fumbled in terms of you're celebrating your 50th season of the franchise, and you know there were pictures out today of players, alumni, their last names spelled wrong on jerseys. There was a picture I saw a little bit ago of the 50th anniversary that the the, um, the goathead jersey where the logo was turned a certain way, so it wasn't even laid on the jersey. It's correctly. pathetic. That's uh, unacceptable, the, too. The fumbling of not applying for... I don't know if this was confirmed or not, but not applying for... Jersey. To, put the, the to get the yeah. jerseys in that you could wear on your... You know, you're celebrating these days, but, like, sure, you have a celebration on ice. That's it? Like, yeah. people want to... Everybody's been clamoring for those jerseys for years. People have been clamoring for the Royal Blue to come back. The organization can't even do that because they don't know how to listen to their fans. Mm. And it's just... it's Honestly... It's kind of a slap in the face to to Sabres fans that their unwillingness to listen and understand what their fans want when we've been clamoring for this stuff for years and clamoring for a good product on the ice in years, and then they just ex- expect us to show back up and buy more tickets. It just yeah. doesn't make any sense. Buy tickets for higher prices, too. Legitimately. And, <laughs> I mean, the in-game presentation is awful. I'm going on a, a tangent here, but, yeah. like, it's just... There really needs to be a clear direction in terms of who is running what the the in arena stuff i mean like figure it out you've had this long let's go figure mm-hmm. figure it out yeah. and that's my rant for the day i'm done that was now. good <laughs> i just I, it I, it's just been i'm at a loss for words because it's been a long time coming where they needed to make a change and nothing's been done because of the shift in focus to what feels like the bills and that's not a knock on the bills whatsoever. I understand the NFL is a bigger market, and that's kind of where the attention needs to be. But if you're going to own both teams, you need to you devote to attention to both, and that's just or appoint someone who is going to be because they haven't had a president since. Um, anyway. You're losing me on this whole organizational shit. This is something I do not I, it's, have it's a background. Fine. That's all it's, you. It's fine. That's fine. Um, that was a good rant. I was listening. <laughs> it was good. Can oh, we talk yeah. about Lukanen? Oh, yeah. He's fucking tearing it up in the fucking ECHL. <laughs> He's kind of the future of our franchise in terms of goaltending is concerned, which we should probably talk about goaltending as well because we wanted to talk about Hutton. Carter Hutton. Why is he oh, nothing team? against Wait, let's Carter start, Hutton? Wait, let's start bottom up, though. So, <laughs> all right, all right. right. um was, ha- well, still is having a career year for... Our ECHL team, which I think is Cincinnati, Cincinnati Cyclones. Cyclones. Yeah. yeah. So right. I mean, he's been playing really good hockey. Call up the AHL. Play. Don't knock me. Playing. Uh, played, I think, two games now in the AHL for Rochester, mm-hmm. and he's looked good. 
Um, he'll probably be going back down within the next couple weeks, I would imagine. Pilot and then the plan. I just got sent get, down. Correct. Yeah, because yeah. okay. so, so, I know Pilot, um, there was three that got sent down. Well, Pilot, I think, was for the All-Star game, possibly. Yeah, Maybe. Right. For I the break, know. because I sometimes hope. when they're the same, we're on a long break like this, they'll send guys down so they get playing time. They're not just sitting ah, around. Duh, duh. Nothing. That makes sense. Um, but well, smart. Jason Botterill. Exactly. Jam of the year. Exactly. <laughs> um, Extend his contract. <laughs> but even in Rochester, like uh, Jonas Johansson and um, Andrew Hammond have been yeah. playing good hockey. Like, uh, Rochester. Johansson's in the All Star game, correct? Yeah. AHL All Star. Yeah, yeah, he, got he is. The AHL He's game. having a great year down so there. So now the question is, when do we wave Carter Hutton? Yeah. When do we and call up Johansson? Yeah. I think honestly, I'd be surprised if a buyout didn't happen this summer. Really, this summer? I think, yeah. You don't They're think it'll happen before now. the end of the no, year? Because he's on like a 12-game losing matter. streak. It doesn't matter. Though, because those two guys in the AHL aren't NHL goaltenders. Is They're Carter, not. Is Carter Hutton? That's a good question. Yeah, yeah so like, it, but, how much worse think, can you get is like the question. I know that's eight, like... It's the, like a, he's got like an 894 and... Um, it's like Martin 3, Jones numbers. 3.3 goals against or something. I honestly feel bad for... Like, he's a really good guy. No, he's, he's a 100% awesome. a great guy. He's been nothing but positive. I feel bad for him because I feel like he just gets kind of unlucky. Like, mm. I'm not going to sit here and rip on Carter Hutton because... No, I'm He kind of came in at a time where we were really bad and he... Did stabilize goaltending last year. Like, yeah. yeah, he was really good at the beginning, and then he kind of phased off a little bit. But he's a career, like, he's been a backup. So he That's doesn't, what he is. he's not used to playing that many games. So, like, I understood why mm-hmm. the fall off, but, like. And he didn't get great. He had defensive a, play. No. no. So. Defensive no, play fair. was far worse last year. Yeah, exactly. Carter had a great, towards the end of the year, when everybody's cleaning their locker out, he had an awesome exit interview of, like, I'd recommend everybody check that out from the end of last year because he talks about he talks about how hot we got and how we sort of he addresses everything everything you want a player to answer. Carter Hutton answers in that exit interview. He talks about the collapse and like how the locker room was just sort of falling apart and like that's what you want to hear out of your players just honesty, transparency when your team is going through a slump like the Sabers have been for yeah. I know it's been a decade but like that last season was just it felt like it dragged on forever after the whole 10 game winning streak shit like yeah it's nice to hear stuff that you know isn't just a hockey cliche or, or bs yeah yeah, yeah. Like, like it's a human being talking <laughs> about what is it what everybody is watching at it's the good same to time. hear a hockey player put two thoughts together <laughs> right. above all right. uh, Solmark let alone been, a, um, a goalie doing it lena right. <laughs> solmark's been a pleasant surprise this year it's too. exceptional mm-hmm. i didn't think the, uh i mean i i don't want to say i've i've i wasn't a believer but like you know, I didn't really think that he was cut out to be a starter, and he's proving me wrong this year in terms of um, he's shown that he can play a good amount of games, and he's been relatively consistent. Obviously, you know, there's still some blunders um, with his play, but yeah, but towards the in the grand scheme of things, yeah. like he's been really yeah, good. Yeah, he's been good, and the defense has been better this year too, which I think helps out a lot. Like they. Um, I think their expected goals against average is down like way more than uh, it was last year when it seemed like there was just they were just kind of chasing in the defensive mm-hmm. zone a lot. Um, yeah. But this year, you know, the one thing that I do notice with Kruger is the willingness to challenge at the blue line, and they didn't really do that a lot last year. Like you saw teams kind of entering the zone 
whenever they they wanted to. And our defense looked flat-footed, and they got burned a lot. And when they pinched, it was almost like they're hesitating towards the puck when they're trying to keep it in the zone. The common theme with Housley was that the defensemen didn't fully understand their responsibilities in the defensive zone, like, most of the time. And I know you guys have criticized Ristolainen a lot. Mm -hmm. I think he's made strides under Kruger because... Let's say at the beginning of the year you saw him giving the puck away a lot, and same with Darlene. Honestly, mm. they both Darlene had a. We can we can address that later. We're gonna talk about him later. But him and Ristolainen gave the puck away a lot because I don't think under Housley they were used to skating it all the way up to the blue line or hitting an outlet pass or something. It was sort of under Housley, sort of dump and chase. And now you're seeing more and more players hanging towards the opponent's uh, blue line, yeah. tip, think... either tipping it in or getting it back to the center, which is what you want. You want Eichel on the puck, you want Johansson on the puck, because they're creative players, they create space for the wingers. Yeah. I especially think a lot of that is a personnel thing, too, though. Like, Yoki Haru's really... He's done a lot to stabilize the defense. Praise um, Botterill for that yeah, one. I was going to say, that's a good move. I credit, honestly, where, credit where credit's actually due. That was... I really liked Colin Miller this year, too. I don't think he's been bad, and I think he's getting a really rough ride in terms of his... He's in and out of the line. Like I think he should be playing every night. He's had times where he hasn't been good, night. but like I don't understand the unwillingness to just leave him in the lineup. Like when Darlene and him have been playing together, they've actually been pretty good. Ideally, I'd like to have Risto, Pilot, Yoki Haru, Montour, because Yoki Haru's shown that he can play on the left side. He can play as with, much as you he can don't play want with a young defenseman doing head. that. But and then Darlene Miller. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't else, want like, Jake McCabe. Get McCabe out of here. Get, send him out of Buffalo. I'm done with him. Yeah. I'm done with Bogosian. Like I don't I'm I'm sick of these guys. The only credit I can give Jake McCabe, which I could give the same credit to Rasmus for Stolinum, and this could be another like <laughs> spin off. Not even that he's a bruiser. Yeah. He does stand up for his teammates. Right. I do want to address <clears throat> this one thing on the topic of that. When we're was this in Sweden where no, we were playing Tampa in Tampa when Dowling got his concussion, correct? Mm-hmm. When yeah. Cernak hit Darlene, that's somebody's got to answer the bell there. If yeah. that's not even, it doesn't have to be Darlene. It could be Connor Sheary. That's what we have Dalton Smith for. <laughs> He's the man. That was a joke. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I think that type of stuff is important for sure. I don't think you have to that, go out and you kill, somebody, kill the guy. Just get in his face a little bit. Um, but that I want not to take us off on another tangent. That's Jake McCabe's only positive to the team, is what I'm saying. You know what that hit he can answer me the of? Bell. And guess who can do that? Rasmus Ristolainen can do that too. Yeah. You know what that hit reminded me of in terms of not eliciting response when Lucic ran Miller. About yes, Miller plays the puck on the right side of the crease, and Lucic ran him, and nobody nobody did. They sort of just like crowded him, and, just and then like, remember they were like, "Oh yeah, Gossett's gonna fight him a couple of games later." And it's like, "What are you fighting now for?" That yeah. the whole that was like. A mirror image of what happened when then they signed Dalton Smith and came up and he played like two minutes, had a penalty and was minus one. I think. Yeah. Like what? What are you doing? Yeah. You're what? Do you, who? Who? Like when Botterill signs that that contract, like who? Who are you proving something to? Yeah, Honestly, you're proving like, he's like, clearly a career AHLer. Like, <laughs> no, but like legitimately, like, why are day. you trying to get retribution for something that happened two months ago? Should have been done on game day or just, not done at all. I don't understand. Yeah. Like, I get like from a not kind of answering the bell point of view. I get that it's 
chances are, well, I don't, there wasn't a penalty on that Darlene hit, was there? No, there no. was not. Um, but most of the time when there's a hit like that, there's a penalty called already, so mm-hmm. the players don't want to react in a way that is going to even things up for the other team, so I guess it's like a, a move to be a little bit more strategic, but... Um, I think there are ways. It's to, it's worth the it's worth the ten. It's worth the two. Yeah. It's worth the five. Whatever you're gonna get there, especially itself, with somebody like Eichel yeah. or Darlene. Like, I mean, Eichel, he's a big dude. He's it's gonna be hard to run Jack Eichel. Yeah. He's a big dude, but like Darlene, he's tall, but he's a little he's a little skinny still. I mean, he can get he can get bounced around, and he got he's, bounced around there. He's 19 years old. Exactly. Did you know exactly. Because you know Darlene was 19. Still can't drink for another like. <laughs> you can go to Canada though. Go Canada. Um, close enough. Speaking of Dalian, let's talk about his play the last few weeks because he's been. So his season's kind of been you know a little bit of a roller coaster. He started out more slump, but like no, but he see the thing is he started out really hot and he was. I'm pretty sure he was leading the team in points at one point. He, mm-hmm. he had a bunch of assists at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Then you know the play kind of fell off, kind of lost his confidence a little bit. And then he and got cost. He got hurt, but when he got hurt. You know, sometimes it, I'm not going to say, obviously you don't want him to have a concussion, but he kind of had an opportunity maybe to sit back and actually look and watch, which you don't get that opportunity a lot when he's playing every single night because you're not scratching him. There's no way you're taking him out of the lineup. But ever since he came back, I think he's been a different player. Obviously, you know, I'm not saying the concussion was a good thing because it's, it's far from it. But um, He's turning the puck over less. He's... But he's making better plays, too. Yeah. Like, I think even in the... Like, he scored since he came back. He's been making better passes out of the zone, making be- or better decisions. Of- His pass to Reinhardt might have been one of the best passes yeah. I've seen oh, out of a yeah. Sabre yeah. all 100%. year when Reinhardt scored that. I think Reinhardt, if you look at the replay, I mean, he faked the goalie out, but it almost looks like Reinhardt's even surprised that he got the ready. puck on his stick. And even the uh, the one pass that... It was like a shot pass to VC. VC didn't score on it, but... The vision to right. see VC streaking down into like the front of the net area and to get the puck even on his and credit stick. to Jimmy VC and play and Larson's also done a lot too. I've seen him look at Larson a couple times in the middle where he's deflected it. There was one the other night against um, the pre- Rene had an amazing save off the deflection. That was just, I mean, Rene has that yeah. talent in him, but like I think that's been one of the things the last couple weeks that they've been doing more is going to the net. Yeah, which just got to happen. That's, when they started losing games, that's why. It was like Connor Sherry. Shots from the it's side. Shots from the side. Yep. There's no rematch. It's yeah. a lot of one-and-done offense, which mm-hmm. you, you can't – you're not going to sustain. Unless you have 12 Nathan McKinnons on your team, it's not going to happen. We've right? also seen it's just a, not. a change in the power play. We have we have Reinhardt moving into that little Ovechkin office sort of space over there, you know, on the left hash. And he scored – he scored – yeah, yeah, Risto has been uh, – I do like that a lot. He's a big bot. He's strong as hell, like too. Like and Hashin from Have you seen people try to hit Ristolainen this year? Yeah. They don't. He's a grown he, they, he They bounce off him yeah. legitimately. That being a perfect example, he's in front of the nut, though. His, like, his decision-making has been a little bit better this and year, too. And was it, I think it was a Reinhardt goal, but it was an Eichel pass to Ristolainen right yeah. on the goal line. Yeah. It was a pass across, and Reinhardt picked the corner. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Great shot, but like... It's a it's great. Risto. It's great to see how to risk the line and to make that decision <clears throat> instead of just to make a tight pass. Yeah. Well, he's got to. Uh, that's that's got to be co- partially coaching too. Somebody's sure. telling him they're like, dude, you got risk the line. does have hands for a defenseman that is, mm-hmm. but like he's got the talent to make those plays. I don't think sometimes he believes he can, or maybe he just wants to be that brute a little yeah. more. 
Anything else on Sabres before we wrap up? Um, not really. I think. I, think uh, I just want to ask you guys a question. Do you think either Botterill or Kruger is going to lose their job after the season? I think neither. At this point of the season. At this point, no. It's uh, they're deep. They're doing. Kruger well. cannot. They're. I mean, we talked about Pagula's and their incompetence, but I mean, this would be a sheer show of incompetence if they fired Ralph Kruger. Even if he was just, like, awful this season, you'd want to have him stick around for two because you let Housley stick yeah. around for two. I mean, right now they're in they're in a relatively close race a, for the wild card What are we, 6.5 right points out, I believe? I think a little bit more. I think, like, nine. Eight or no, nine. It's no. Four. It's, oh, it's a really, it's really I'm thinking that close. of the wild card and not the, the Florida. Okay, we're, we're eight out from Cal- Carolina, and we're on. But look at the Florida. Florida, um, we're also eight for the Atlantic. I think it depends what happens the next couple weeks. It's tight. Um, but, it, well, yeah, and that's another story about the NHL's playoff format that I don't really like, but... Mm-hmm. It's um, a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys want to hear a conspiracy theory that I've seen? Let's get it. Kruger stays the year's coach, then moves up into president of hockey operations role, and then they hire a head coach, which, if they somehow could manage to get Gerard Gallant in there, I actually wouldn't hate it. But that's also, a good transition. In I've also like heard that Jordan is kind of like I've seen reports that he's not an easy person to work with, and that's why he's kind of lost Duh. both his jobs. So I don't know. It's the next couple months for Sabres hockey Gerard is going to be really had interesting. Had a six hundred winning percentage in Vegas, and they I think fucking he fired, fired. But him. that's another. Story. I thought my my little theory on it is that there had to have been like like you said him being a hard person to work with, or like an incident or something that went on. I don't think it's it can be justified that it clearly he gets fired was, in that situation. It's it's very odd. I think it's justified because we're not hearing rumblings of players being like, "What the fuck? Why are we losing this guy?" Right. Yeah. There had to be like they, yeah, there must have been a there had to be a, a good portion of the locker room was like, finally we got this fucking guy out of here. Yeah. Like, I know he had what Stanley Cup and then screwed by the refs against the Sharks, but you know, welcome to the NHL. Yeah. So that's kind of a good transition now we want to go. So we're wrapping up on Sabres. Let's just move to the NHL around uh, the league a little bit. And while we're kind of staying in the Western Conference and the Pacific Division specifically, <laughs> I know Joe wanted to talk about the Zach Cassian, Matthew, uh, the Chuck incident that happened last week. No, this is this is a week and a half ago, no, I believe. Ago, but still... Um, it's still being talked about quite a bit around the league. And there's a lot of schools of thought on this, and, like, I'm open to you want Kachuk. Uh, yeah, we could totally debate. I mean, <laughs> my school of thought is Kachuk, cheap shots on the first play. That's on Matt Kachuk, and that's on the referee because he doesn't get penalized. The referee does not protect Zach Cassian, and sort of, like, I see a lot of these arguments being made on Twitter and other social media that's, like, well, if Ma- if Zach Cassian makes that hit on Gaudreau, Monahan, Kachuk, there's no doubt in my mind he's getting two minutes at least, if not a game or two. So anyway, what ends up happening, if you didn't see the hit, first hit, he sort of blindsides him while Giordino's um, defending him behind the net. T- his helmet comes off, C- or Cassian looks sort of flustered. He's looking around. I think he probably got Kachuk's number in that sort of sequence. No penalties called. Play goes on. I believe it was late second period. He's going around the other side of the net. Kachuk takes a second run at him. Good hit. 
hit him really well, especially for a big dude like Cassian. I mean, he got him. But that being said, he took about four or five strides beforehand. Like, he was clearly out to get under his skin, take a run at him. Cassian proceeds to take a chuck and give him about five or six good punches. Cassian's done for the night. He ends up getting two games. And funny enough, his first game back will be against the Calgary Flames. Sort of a rematch. And that's actually... Is that tonight? I have no clue, to be honest. It's not tonight, I don't think. Right at the chalk. I think it's after the break, to be honest. That's true. But, anyways. I, th- I don't know. I'm kind of up in the air still about it because that is that is what Zach Cassian is on the team for, I feel like, is to deal with those situations. 100%. So he he himself yeah. puts a, a target on his back for other players like Kachuk, who's going to play that role for the Calgary Flames. And when it happens to him, his job is to respond in either a clean fight. I don't really like the way he handled getting hit the second time and kind of throwing him on the ice and hitting him in yeah. the side and back of the head. I don't I don't think I love that. Um, but his job is to maybe take a run and, and try and make an attempt at a clean hit on Kachuk and get back during the game. But know, here's the, the thing that escalates that, and I'll put it partially on the refs because that's not necessarily how it works all the time. Yeah. So let's say... And this is we can get into freaking hypotheticals till yeah. the sun comes up. But like hy- hypothetically, Kachuk takes a run at a skill player like McDavid or Drysaddle or James Neal or somebody on the Oilers. Yeah, they're gonna respond with not going at Kachuk, even though he is a skill player. I'm not gonna yeah. knock him at all, but yeah. they're gonna go at Gaudreau, and Kachuk has to understand that they play each other a lot, and like it's either him or he could be endangering. Johnny Hockey or Sean Monahan or Giardino or any number of these skilled players on their team. Like, I guess my whole thing is the ref, the refs need to protect even the goons, sort of. Like, cause they're just as much as players anybody else's, and that also goes with the suspension to Cassian. He got two games for kind of beating the shit out of Kachuk without him having a chance to land a punch. It's like, I don't know. I mean. He sort of just didn't give him a chance to land a punch. He yeah. definitely deserved a game or two. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm not justifying little... that. But I understand why he, like, 100% went after him. I have two things on it. Yeah, let's, let's hear, hear it. Him. The Battle of Alberta is insanely important <clears throat> to it. the NHL. It's back. And mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's one of the better rivalries that the NHL's ever seen. But what it does for the sport and <clears throat> the, you know, the Western Conference in general, like those two teams being competitive and actually having that rivalry back is incredibly important for the NHL. Number two is if you're Kachuk, you know what kind of player you're going after. I'm not saying the hit was clean, but you know who you're picking on. You have to expect that eventually something's going to happen. You're not going after you know, someone who's not going to fight back, you're going after someone who you're try- deliberately trying to get under his skin at some point. Yeah. You have to know that you mess with the bully, you get the horns. Like, it's going to happen. I think he... He definitely he knew, knew that. He, he knew, knew that, he knew, and that's why like, they got the power play, and that's why they won the game, which oh, yeah. I will give Kachuk credit for. Like, and he said it in his post game. He I said, yeah, we, we got the two points. What the hell are you talking about, buddy? Yeah. But exactly like, what he wanted to happen happened, and I think that's his job, and I think... You know, at the same time, that's Cassian's job for Edmonton. In a way, I know he Cassian I guess, can put up points with McDavid, but other than that, he's a 
He's a guy who's out there to get. He's a protector, him. man. Yeah. He's he's a uh, he's on that line just in case somebody takes a run at McDavid or Drysaddle. Mm-hmm. I mean, like let's be honest, like Zach Cassian ain't generating his own chances no. for the no. most part, and he knows that just as well as anybody else. But I don't know. I think it's uh, the player safety aspect of it kind of bothers me because if you're gonna protect 160 pound Johnny Gaudreau, you gotta protect. The goons at Cassian too, because they are the yeah. same. They're players in the league. I mean, you then, can't yeah. you can't favor somebody just because they have a history of fighting and hitting and taking hits or whatever it might be. I mean, you got it's got to be straight across the board. Yeah. So I mean, that that's my thought on it. I think the for it was a dirty hit. I think we're gonna see what ha- next game when they play each other. It's gonna be fun to watch. I'll, I'm gonna try to watch it for sure. It's gonna be tough to get out here, but. You know, I'll definitely try to at least see the highlights of the game. I think it's going to be, uh, like you said, the Battle of Alberta is back. Mm-hmm. And it is good for hockey to have those rivalries. It's important. Um, shifting all. gears a little bit. Buffalo Kid, Patrick Kane, gets his 1,000th NHL points. Um, congratulations to him, number Big one. congrats. I mean, he's been... Pat Kane might go down as one of the more... I mean, yeah, his name gets brought up, but... He might go down as one of the more underrated players that we've seen in this time mm-hmm. period in terms of... I mean, he's one of the best, but I feel like he doesn't really get the, the credit he necessarily deserves where he's kind of lost in that shuffle of Crosby, Ovechkin, McDavid, McKinnon, you know. Yeah. Well, you see it on the ice, though, every time he plays. Like, when Patty Kane has the puck, no matter where... If they're in the offensive zone, he gets respect from everybody because mm-hmm. of his hands, because of his acceleration, agility, whatever you want to call it. I mean... He gets respect, and he's not a big guy, and that's just—it's good to see players like that who can. Yeah, he's probably create like the space top and top five most skilled players in the NHL. hundred percent. His yeah, shot is—you could argue his shot is just yeah. behind Alexander Ovechkin and players like that, McKinnon. like McKinnon. Yeah. You guys want to know my uh, most underrated player in the is league? Is it McKinnon? It's not. I do like McKinnon. Though. Uh, Let me take a shot at this. Landis best, Cog. best, uh, best not known winger outside of hardcore NHL circles. Mm. Jonathan Huberdeau. Yes. Okay. And he's yes. now congratulations to Jonathan Huberdeau for overtaking Ole Jokinen and the all-time franchise leader in points for the Florida Panthers. Dude just quietly goes about his just game. happened just that, yeah just, just happened yeah, like I've a been, week I've ago. I've been unplugged for quite a while. That's fine. He, um, Huberdeau is the best not known asset in terms of winger that the league has um, just really consistent scary good at all times and mm-hmm. but and it don't it don't hurt he's got Alexander Barkov on right. that team yeah. too he's a but freaking, even when Barkov wasn't there oh yeah I know he's Huberto's he's been, been consistent he's been well actually he's been trending upwards his whole career yeah. is like the most interesting part of it he's been in the league since 2011 it's right? been a while. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy yeah. to think about, but I mean, he's been in the league for a while and he's just he seems, consistently gone upwards. He seems to tear up the Buffalo Sabres every time they play. <laughs> we so. seem to play not well against the Panthers. Yeah. Florida's one of those teams. Very frustrating. I think we got our first win against them this year for the first time in a it while. It was weird because it was Detroit for a while there, but now it's Florida, so I don't know. It's always going to be somebody with the Sabres. I was going to say, in this past decade, it seems like everybody's had a number. But, you know, we... we Let's talk about other teams. We're not going to well, rant about the Sabres So, Kane, Unless we're talking <coughs> good stuff. One more talking point about Kane, which I know you brought up beforehand, mm-hmm. but the NBC oh, yeah. Sports All-Decade team left Patrick Kane off 
which is one of the more puzzling things that I've seen because he is I mean he led the that H on points this decade and he got left off that list which I just think is insane um but Joe was talking pretty pretty hardcore about that I I just kind of think it's bullshit honestly like Patty Kane we all know he's had his run-ins with the law yeah. He had the whole taxi driver situation. Oh, I forgot about Which was a <laughs> while ago. A, le- a legend. Let's not get ourselves in trouble here. <laughs> Everything's alleged. Oh, it's alleged. And then he had the uh, al- the rape allegations, which alleged were alleged, and, and then allegations. further <laughs> dropped in court. Like, she was yeah. found... Yeah. <laughs> like, he was found not guilty legitimately. Like, Allegedly. And I think that is the whole reason they sort of left him off the list, was it's, just because he's had his court run-ins. Like, you have people... I'm going to read off the list right now, starting from 1, 2, 10. Sidney Crosby's top. Yep. OV is 2. Eric Carlson, 3. Weird. Patrice Bergeron, 4. McDavid, 5. Weird start to the list already, because then yeah. I'm going to read this next name, and he definitely should be top 5. I didn't have a problem with anything up to McDavid. Okay, well, you're you going to... problem I'm, with McDavid? Here's where it gets weird. Evgeny Malkin, 6. I'm fine with that. Why? He's good. He's insane. Anyway. Two, two cups. Henrik Lundqvist, 7. Anzi Kopitar, 8. Stamkos, 9. Chara, 10. Like, Doughty got snubbed, too. Yeah. That's only 10 spots. I didn't even realize Doughty got snubbed, too. You but have McDavid, Mc, at you, have McDavid is, you have... I don't like Carlson at 3. I don't like Carlson. I don't top, hate it. it. I don't like him on the list at all. I don't hate it. Really? I've watched enough Carlson to know. Like, he's... You he's big legit. Carlson guy? And then, Wouldn't like... Be, dude? He's, <laughs> he is... He's very good. I'm right on the NBC Sports site, and, like, <clears throat> I'm just going to go to, like, they have more names on this, 11 through 20, which Ooh. I didn't even know was a thing. I'm going to read them off now. Victor Hedman at 11. We still don't see a Dowdy. Duncan Keith, 12. Oh, no. Cups. Backstrom, 13. That's okay. I, would, I could see him outside yeah, the top like 10 that. like that. I could see him inside the top 10. You can make an argument. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, 14, Taves, Jonathan Taves. Guess who's next? Okay. Patty Kane is at 15 on this fucking list. Well, hurts, he has literally got to be top three on that list 15. no matter what. However you... They're telling me Taze is better than Patrick. Where's Doughty? Is Doughty on there? Doughty's 17. Brad Marchand's 16. Oh, that's fine. I like Brad Marchand as a player. No, I hate him. I, I don't he's like... He's, he's kind one of, of those rat, guys that you want on your team, but you hate him if you... I don't care. Rats. He's extremely he's extremely skilled. Yep. If like I want to look at a hockey player... Hey, you know what was my favorite? I actually sort of like Brad Marchand, since he tweeted the day after he fucked up in that shootout, that he tweeted funny. out a picture of the Stanley Cup, and then some fan <laughs> tweeted something at him, and I actually got to look it up right now. I saw it. It was funny. He I don't basically, what he said. Have you seen this, AJ? No, I have not. All right, you're going to see it. I told it. you. It's I have so been. funny. I know you're being checked You're unplugged, eh? I'm super Like, unplugged. you're completely... Buddy. It's like the, after the, the Bills game, I, lo- I put so much energy... You just locked yourself in the room. Bills you're like, game. I'm done with this shit. It's just I needed, like, I haven't been listening to the radio... <laughs> I haven't been really like I've big music guy the last couple weeks. Eh? Yeah, big Mac Miller guy. I want to throw a little shout out there for that. R.I.P. R.I.P. Huh? I didn't, really, I didn't realize you were that unplugged. Yeah, yeah. It's been. I think I'm ready to come. I'm ready to to make some strides. <laughs> this is your and, the podcast is your way back out yeah. of of being in hiding for the last couple weeks. This is it. All right, so the, I finally found <laughs> it. So after he whiffed on that shootout, some fan tweets. That's great and all, but at least I can pick up the puck and cleanly in a shootout. Also, I'm sure last night is going over real well in the group text. Wink emoji. Weak-ass chirp, first yeah, of all. Weird. 
Brad Marchand responds by saying, your shootout is in your driveway, not the NHL peasant. You pretend to be me in your backyard. Dream big, bud. That is a torching. I do like that. I gain res- that is the first time I gain respect for Pat. That's some, Pat, uh, Brad Marchand as a person. That's some uh, some pettiness that I would definitely. But going, I mean, we're, we're on going, we're on a big tangent um, right now. Going back to the list, um, yeah, Patty Kane. He's a hundred percent in front of Malkin. He's got to be in front of McDavid. I, I mean, I'd put him in front of Bergeron and Carlson. I'd put him right behind Ovi and Crosby. And honestly, you could put him at number one. I would put. I think I would put him above Ovechkin. Yeah, more three cups. Yeah, three cups and most points in the. He's got a he's got a Stanley Cup winning goal, and he tore it up and ended up winning the Conn Smythe. It's hard to. Does he have more than one Conn Smythe? Am I? No. No, he just I got think the one. Keith won the first one. Okay. Well. Keith won one of the. Um. Anyways. Where are we moving? I think Crawford won one too. That's completely unrelated. All right. Anyways. Um. Next, we want to talk about the All Star Game. Mm-hmm. I found um, out some new news about the All-Star game recently, but we'll get to that. You're plugged back in for that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't really have a problem with any of the teams, and I'm kind of excited because I do like the three-on-three format, so like I'll watch it. Um, the skills competition is always really fun, too. I like that better than the actual game itself, yeah. I'm going to be yeah. honest. Like, I, think I watched the skills book. competition last year, and then... I did not watch the Metro versus the Central, or I'm sorry, the Metro versus the Atlantic and the yeah. Pacific versus the Central bullshit. They added the money incentive. I don't mind it though. See, I like the three on three. I don't hate I like it, it, but it's like I'm I not like going it. out of my way to watch it, and I love hockey. I like, <laughs> I like it so much more than the five on five old hockey games, and then I do miss the draft a little bit. I think the that's something they should add fun. back. If the draft keep, was fun, but that was on, that was one of my three points on three, but with a draft, four captains and. That would be fun. Um, yeah, I really. Yeah, what's the point of naming captains? <laughs> also, yeah, like they name like none. it's there's like none. okay, you're just the best player in your division right Legit, now. Legit, that's literally what it is. That's all it is. Like, but I think I think like yeah. the thing with me is I think they should change it. Like, I think once you're captain, once you should have to wait like five years because McDavid's gonna be captain every year for the next fifteen years for mm-hmm. the Pacific. Like, might make him captain after he retires. Honestly, ser- no, but like <laughs> legitimately, like he's just gonna keep being captain. What's the fun in that? Like, let other players do it if you're gonna do it. So, um, and then also the NHL this year introduced. Um, they're bringing in two women's teams, uh, one from uh, USA, one from Canada, to participate in a three-on-three game as well, which I think is really good for mm-hmm. um, women's hockey. Uh, that NHL has always been pretty pretty good about trying to promote the growth of um, the women's game. Um, even though, I mean, I've seen con- contradictory statements to that where a lot of people don't think that they've really been um, The NHL as sucks at marketing. That's what it really comes down to. Yeah, I mean, they're better than most sports in terms of marketing their stars. Like, obviously 100% better than baseball. Um, but I can make an argument against that. I don't even fucking like baseball. <laughs> I just, the, 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 the MLB <laughs> does an awful job marketing star. Yeah. I would say... Would you know who Mike Trout is if you saw him walking through the mall? Because I wouldn't. I would. And he's the biggest... I 100%. Would you know who Nathan McKinnon is? Like, okay, that's actually a a skewed question because you... Or I'll watch hockey. He loves but Nathan McKinnon, if we go though. to I'm a big McKinnon that's guy. This guy. If we go into Cole Harbor guy. We go into a bar. Cole Harbor. That's where Crosby McKinnon are from. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> no, we go into I just, a... I just pulled in my outer um Pierre Pierre um McGuire. Yeah. 
Anyways, you know what fucking elementary school they went to? It's a deep cut right there. Yeah, huge deep cut. If we go into a bar and we ask people who Nathan McKinnon is versus Mike Trout, I think more people are going to know who Mike Trout is. I believe But I think that's... I think it's area-centric. Like I think, But West, those are both West Coast in stars. In Western New York, I don't think... Because no one here is really baseball. Like, no, we're not yeah. baseball people. So I think a lot of people are going to know who McKinnon is. All right, let's go Aaron Judge versus Artemi Panera, and we walk into a bar in Buffalo. I think more people is are going to know Aaron Judge is. It probably it isn't, but they're both in New York, and they're both on the same... Like, big yeah. platform. They play MSG in uh, Yankee Stadium. I have a very progressive and, and po- possibly... I'm just ripping these off the top of my head, too. Yeah, possibly like a fan-splitting theory here. Um, we're going to rip you on this. Let's take baseball. Okay. Ball it up. Get all of it together. And just throw it right in the garbage. And <laughs> never look at it again. <laughs> Let's just take baseball. That's not even a bad idea. Get it off the face of this planet because nobody likes to watch it. If you like to watch it, you're lying to yourself Bro, and your family. I thought you were going to have a legitimate no. point. That's it. That's this it. is a legitimate this point. Legitimate. <laughs> this is a legitimate point. It is the worst sport on, on the planet to watch. I will watch cricket for hours before I watch 15 minutes of a baseball. You know what I low-key like? Curling. We're off. We're, I would we watch to go baseball. Back to the this is getting, this, all this is yeah. getting cut anyways. I don't care. It's fine. No, it's not. <laughs> um, it's Women's All-Star Game. I made my point. What do you guys want to say about it? I've been I, really looking forward to it for a while now. A whole 45 minutes. <laughs> Since we told <laughs> those, them. Those who don't know out there, I actually had no clue about this. Uh, three on three, which could be a point for the NHL marketing, but we yep. will... We but will, you said you. I will digress. Chalk that one unplugged. up for one for me. Okay, moving on. You said you wanted to bring. It I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to watch it. I think it's going to be better than the men's, and here's why: the men are out there to make a few bucks, and if they don't, they're out there to not get injured. Realistically, the women's are going to be on the national stage. They want to just show them that women's hockey is legit. They're going to be going hard the whole. I don't know how long it's going to be to be honest, but however they do it, periods or halves or whatever they split it into, they're going to be going hard 100% mm-hmm. the whole time. And even further much, not only for the women's game, it's USA Canada. I don't care, mm-hmm. especially with sports like hockey where we're actually on an even playing field and it's not like basketball or some shit where right. we blow them out of the water or like vice versa. Men's hockey where, you know, Canada sort of has our number every single time. I think yeah. women's hockey is sort of, it's a little tighter. Yeah, they're going to be, that's a really good point. They're going to be... They're playing for their countries. Them, and they're going to be one... To name make a name for women's hockey in general, like they want to show out and show everybody that mm-hmm. it's worth investing in, whether it be your time or money for you know whoever owners and you know. And it's worth like people in the Western New York area <clears throat> maybe to go to the Harbor Center and watch a Buttes game. You yeah. know, if you see a couple of these, yeah. I mean, they play North Town now. They play North Town now. <laughs> Mar- yeah, like I know. They, they do. We're just we're circling because back to the, the Google has pretty much washed their hands with that whole thing. Um, really? So now they play North. They're killing. They it. do. The Buttes do have. They have two games left. I believe it's next weekend, or it was this weekend. I don't know. They they do play. They play North Town Center though now. Oh, um, it's even. It's a more accessible place to watch and them, it's if anything. Actually, like a completely like they're actually still really good, but it's like almost a completely different team. Um, from what it was a year ago, but they have a weird. I'm not even going to get into it because it's a whole conversation in itself with their contracts. Oh yeah, their contracts yeah. are weird. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Alright, so that's... We're good with that. Um, we wanted to make our mid-season Stanley Cup predictions at this point. And you guys can... You, got, you guys can call me for this, because I did say this at the start of the year, and I didn't go back on it, even when they did start off 1-8-2. and two. I said Dallas Stars, Stanley Cup champions, and I'm going to stand by that. And here's why. They have... A amazing D line with people like Oleksiak and Heiskanen and Klingburn. Not as good as Dialing, correct. Never will be. Uh, they had an amazing acquisition in Joe Pavelski on a three year, $21 million contract. Mm-hmm. I believe that's what it is. And that's a great win now contract. And above all, if you watched the series last year, who they lose out to? The Blues, right? Yeah, they were in the. Wasn't they, the that was the second Western round. Conference fine? No, that was the second was round, like, I believe. They so they there. lost in the second round to the Blues. And if you watch that last game, Ben Bishop is clearly a gamer when he's on. Like, mm-hmm. he kept them in that game. Like, it was it was one of those games where you watched it, and I believe it was Pat Maroon who had the game winner in that game because it was just a scrappy goal, where it was like you really felt bad whoever lost that game, and you really felt bad for Ben Bishop because he played probably the best three-game stretch of his career right there in the playoffs when it really mattered, and he just... I mean, it could have gone either way. I mean, we, the Stars was, easily could have broke out of that series. It was St. Louis-San Jose. It was St. Louis-San Jose in Conference. the final. Yeah, because oh, so it, it was Knights-San Knights Jose. Oh, I, was I don't off, know why I was, I was off by two whole rounds. Um. Anyway, do you want me to pull that back up? So are we no, doing, yeah, it was, wasn't it second round for Stars-Blues? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay yeah. that's what confused me. I are, thought we, are we doing a Eastern Conference-Western Conference? Or yeah, I'll go, okay. your Eastern Conference? No, I didn't, and honestly... Doesn't Come matter. back to me for that one, because yeah. I really got to take a look my, at it. I got I both teams. Go for it. I think Absolutely. I know one of your teams. Is the Eastern Conference Pittsburgh? No. No? Colorado. Okay. I, it's the re- rematch of the Stanley Cup matchup two years ago, Vegas and Washington. I really wow. like. I, I think Vegas. Washington had... I think Washington's in regardless, because I think they're... I think they're better than Boston, and I think those are really the only two teams that can legitimately contend this year for, for that spot. Other than if, if Tampa actually starts to get their shit together. And Pittsburgh's been on a heater, and they I just got Sid the kid back. I just don't think that that's sustainable, but they also could still get um, Gensel back. And, you know, I, I, I think people are sleeping on the Islanders, too, a little bit, but Boston, they've been a little inconsistent this year. I think Washington's better regardless. Tampa Bay's been playing good hockey too, but I just don't. I don't see them making it after last year, like the collapse, everything. And um, Vegas, Vegas, the thing, like even when they fired Gallant, like I, their underlying numbers in terms of they just kind of were getting unlucky with their goal scoring. Their goaltending was not good either. They were twenty, I believe, at the time of firing, they were twenty third in the league in and, overall goaltending. Well, here's the thing, and that's that's not going to win you games. <laughs> Plain and simple. When you're a coach. Goaltending can either win you the Jack Adams or it's going to get you fired. Yeah. Because the, it can sink your ship or it can keep you afloat. It's a crapshoot sometimes. I, do, I don't know. But, that yeah, that's my pick, um, Vegas and, and Washington. I think that, I don't know, I just I think Flurry's sort of, he's not, de- he is definitely declining. I think a bit. No, who do you take in that? Do you take Washington? Washington. Yeah. You take Washington in a rematch? Mm-hmm. I, and I still think they're going to consider trading Holpe at the deadline. Caps? Because he's a free agent at the end of the year. 
It's almost like the situation with Bishop and Vasilevsky a couple of years ago where they have Samsonov now waiting in the wings. And, and Vasilevsky stopped right. I mean, that worked out perfect for them. They it waited. It could have worked out any better They did it right, but anyways. That's going to be the Sabres with Allmark. And, okay. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, <laughs> I think my... My pick, I'm going to pick Washington to make it too, just because copycat. it's like, it's copycat just, bitch. Pussy. it's a bit of a copy, but it's the, uh, alright, fine, you want me to, <laughs> no, 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 stick on, with it, it just on, makes, like, Washington, yeah, it just I, I makes get it, so I get it. you get it, because you picked them, so, yeah, but, <laughs> but I think I want to see Colorado. I, yeah, see, I was, I was looking Who do you want to see, and who do you think is going to make it? I think Colorado, I think, I think Colorado about. can make it. Yeah. Grubauer is um, the only question mark. Yeah, and he's but, been good. I mean, so that's another Washington. Yeah, that's so unreal. I would take Washington in that too. That's I fair. think Washington's yeah. just too good. No, I made my mind up. I'm going Boston. And here's yeah. why: I, I, they're going to be the top seed, possibly. If, so. Okay, okay, they're not going to be the top seed. If they are the top seed, it reassures me even more because their record at home is fucking insane. They've only lost like two games in regulation at home. The season ended today. Washington would play Carolina in the first round. How fun would that be? That'd be very fun. Smash the top probably die again. Rematch of last year. I'm so sick of Carolina, so I hope Washington would just add. I really don't care about. I think Carolina was a good good in the NHL. Also, if the season ended today, Toronto would not make the playoffs. I would like that. Yes, I love that. But and we can also. I'm just gonna do this. I'm gonna do a Homer sidebar, uh, WGR Homer sidebar. Yeah, Um, let's get it. Jack Eichel is better than Austin Matthews, and you cannot tell me any different. That's fair. That's just no, I think fully that's, I think that's the true. truth. All right, good conversation. Uh, I don't know if we're Buffalo like homers or not, but I, I agree with that. Is anybody else super frustrated that Vancouver is leading the Pacific Division right now? In the with Sabres? 57 points, I'm not right? Bad. I'm, I'm very frustrated. I'm not bad. I feel um, like... Okay, go on. No, we, I, we my bad. Get, I just... I well, we wanted to do biggest surprise <clears throat> and biggest shock, so... We did it. Is that your biggest surprise? Here, like yeah, but Vancouver. yeah, it would be Vancouver. Um, uh, they just like looked like they were struggling so much, especially last year. And then the start of this year, they weren't looking too hot, and it's just. I think Vancouver mirrors the Sabers in a lot of ways, and it's a little frustrating to see them in the number one spot in the division. Right yeah, now. I would. I'm gonna stick out on the West Coast on that note, and I got <clears> sort of two teams that are surprising me. One, the Yotes, the mm-hmm. Arizona Coyotes. They're very like, very good defensively. Last year, I believe they were what they missed the playoffs just barely, right? The end point. Of the season, point, one point, and their leading scorer had like fifty-seven points or something like that. And now they corrected it. You bring in Hall. You bring in Kessel. To my, yeah, that was exactly my next point. They picked up Phil Kessel and they traded for Taylor Hall also. And I don't know. I think I think they're gonna make it, and they're gonna they could make a their run possibly they got to get their goalies back they've had injuries in in the net which is kind of fucked them but like and then my second team in the west coast that have surprised me and i guess you could say not also is the sharks they've been awful yeah that was and i think that's a that's a continuation of martin jones doing having he had an 896 going in the playoffs last year like and he did play really well in the playoffs. I think you remember that game where he saved 59 of 60 yep. against the Knights, yep. which won them a game in overtime. Yep. But, like... They need goaltending. They do need goaltending. Like, Bad. that's clearly a problem. I mean, and he had his chance sort of just come back fresh this year after a good uh, a good playoff run, and he didn't, <laughs> clearly. And you know what? That's not all his fault. The defense has not been stellar out west for yep. them either. They've had injuries and stuff like that. but And they lost... Um, they Pavelski. just lost Couture, and Pavelski was gone before the season started. So they've had 
They pay their big boys a lot of money. Yeah. So, like, yeah. a lot of that money is... Oh, my bad. I'm going to play it. We just touch feet, bro. Anyway. Spur up. Cut it. Cut it. Spur up. You don't want that in? Um, They pay their big boys a lot of money, and a lot of that money's tied up where you can't bring in a fifth and sixth defenseman, up fourth line, you're, you know... They got LeBanc on a fucking deal a and a half. Steal one year, one mil. They oh, must be paying him like three million under the table or some shit. Sure. Like, cause there's no way he deserved one mil. He deserved at least like three. I feel like he must have just wanted to stay. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Yeah. Um, I got two teams that are like kind of surprising and shocking me. Which uh, San Jose is one of them, so I won't mm-hmm. go into that. But what the hell happened to the Nashville Predators? Yeah. <laughs> like Matt Shankers. The the fall from <laughs> grace has been kind of insane um, and I mean they're six points out of a playoff spot right now and that's just for the wild card that's not even in the division so they have um, games in hand though they're yeah they're, I mean three three games four games but I just don't like they just fire their coach how much of an impact is that going to have which I'm a John Hines fan I think he's a good coach but yeah I thought he got screwed in the devil situation oh, like he had, there was, it was a lose lose no matter what he it's did it's a goaltending how the hell is he like the, yeah. I just talked about Blackburn is a good goalie eventually Blackburn, yeah I think he I think he could possibly he's like the well, he's, been he's, playing like, good. he's like the Olmark there yeah. sort of I mean if I had to make a Sabres comparison which is tough to make to begin with but luckily they're just yeah. as bad as us that <laughs> right. I can make that comparison Schneider they still have to pay him for two more years, I believe. He's, He's gone. Yeah. Like, you're right, though. You know where he played uh, Black uh, Blackwood? You know where he played OHL hockey? No clue. Say, say Cole Point. What is it? Erie Otters? Oh. Played for Erie. Oh, nice. He was McDavid's goalie that year. That that would have been my guess. That would have yeah. been my he went second. I remember he guess. went second round that, that draft because I wanted the Sabres to oh. take him, but... Uh, he went like he's he's played really well for what he's had in front of him because like honestly, he was really bad at the beginning of the year and then now he's playing really good. And here's another thing, and I know I'm totally interrupting you because we're talking about the Devils now. And this is they they, they could be another shocker honestly on that list because mm-hmm. how the fuck do you let your GM trade Taylor Hall then you fire him two weeks later? That is a mind blower. You let him trade yeah. a superstar like that <laughs> and, and fire then you, your coach and then you fire and then you fire your coach. Who he did all of it. Who they let got? Shiro do it, and then... I didn't think he was that bad of a GM there. He wasn't great. There was like, differences of opinion about the I think stuff it was that a, he was I doing. agree. I agree. But like, the the thing about the Devils is their owners are actually, like, more... Like, they're... If you were to, like, give, like, a hands-on ownership from, like, one to five, they're definitely in the top three. Because they, like, after every game, those owners meet with the GM talk about stuff like that and I just think like maybe that they just had enough of it and they're like yeah we want to go in a different direction and you don't let him sense. trade Taylor Hall though and then you don't I mean, like fire him before that like yeah. if you're that hands on well, they, they had to have signed up signed off on that and I didn't think that they got a bad return for I don't it like they did either they I, knew, I've seen a lot of double fans like you they knew they were going to have to do good, it yeah. Taylor and, Hall was kind of done there wasn't he yeah, he wasn't yeah. going to resign. They had to move him. Yeah. You might as well wait till now versus well, getting stale offers at the trade deadline. They had about 20 games to get Taylor Hall to resign because they brought him PK. They signed Simmons to the one-year five mil or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought, I'm going to be honest, I thought that was a class signing, honestly, Simmons. But clearly, he played through injury last year. We all know that. And that had, a, that had to have a negative effect on him or something. He's dropped off a cliff. I think he was already <laughs> dropping off. Yeah, he definitely was, but like it not not severely. It, Simmons is one of those guys where 
he plays such a hard style that you kind of figured the wheels were going to fall off eventually. You yeah. When. Puts his body through. But I so thought, much. I thought the Devils are going to be good this year. On I paper, I thought, and I think their undoing has been goaltending. <laughs> like, and now I don't want to go on a Devils tangent. I fucking hate that we're even talking about this, but um, you're you're going to have to look at seriously moving Miles Wood. You have to seriously look at moving Sammy Vatnin because Miles Woods should be a great trade target. But he's Botterill. been kind of bad this year. Is that like, a transition? Transition. I'm not ripping mm-hmm. off Anthony Fantana. Cut it. Cut it. Um, but anyways, I just you know you got all these U and I mean Kyle Palmieri too. I think is a UFA. Like you don't. That's not a guy you want to get rid of. At nah, all. he's a stud. Um, he's a stud on a shit team. Yeah. I think he's a. Lot he's a guy. He's can, gonna be a lifer there. I think he's a guy you can build a team around, or at least have well, him as one of the major pieces. You have to have him in the room, at yeah. least, at least have him in the locker yeah. room. Because the thing that has always bugged me with these teams that are trying to tank to get the better draft pick is you're trading off all these guys, and then you're just leaving these kids in the room, and it's like who's gonna show them how mm-hmm. to do what? It just doesn't like it's not gonna work. So, um, yeah, nice devil's tangent there. Um, Didn't think we'd be there today. Not in we the got a lot. We got a lot to talk about. There's Here a lot to talk about. Yeah, um, we've missed a lot. I guess we can close on um, NHL trade deadline stuff since that's about a month away. Um, so let's kind of circle back to Sabers a little bit. Uh, go around here. Buyers or sellers? They got. They got to be buyers. I think Botterill's got to be a buyer to not to save his job, but to justify him being there. Sort of like. I don't know. We got to target teams like the Predators and the Devils and uh, a couple of the borderline teams that just aren't going to make it. Like I, th- I think Botterill should do what everybody wants him to do and be a little bit of both. Yeah. And sell a little bit of that. You sell what sell you have excess way. of, yeah. which is defense, and you buy where you need help, which is forward. So I think people like Jake McCabe could get you a return, like anything. Give me a mid-round pick or even, like, a later-round pick, pick yeah. for like, Jake McCabe. <laughs> give me a fucking if anybody wants bat, a bucket Zach, of pucks for Jake McCabe. I and... don't think anybody does want Bogosian, but if somebody is maybe in a playoff race and they want a veteran defense... I was going to say, I think that's, that's, sort of, that's, like, that's like contender guy. material yeah. right there. Yeah. Somebody like Zach Bogosian. Who's and gonna... you wouldn't have a problem holding salary to move him either because this is the last, this is last year. year. So, you know, you hold half that, which I don't know. You might not even need to at that point, but... I agree with you. I think they should mm. do both. Like you trade you if you can somehow move Bogosian, move Rodriguez. If he doesn't want to yeah. be here, he doesn't want to be here. Just get something for him in return. Is that a thing? He doesn't want to be here. He re- he requested trade. Really? The Athletic reported that he um, unplugged, super mean? unplugged. Yeah, eh? that's that was like that's a month. Some, that's that's like a month I ago. Know. Yeah. Uh, and he's still. Uh, I think Joe Yerdin of the Athletic was yeah. the one who reported it. That okay. said, he requested a trade from the organization. Okay. I'm okay. Speaking and, of teams um, not making it, and I was just going to bring this up as a total crapshoot, Anthony Duclair has had a freaking he's season. Been yeah, he's been good. He's a, he's a great... All-star game. Yeah, going back to the All-star game, he's going to be someone who's going to be fun to watch during the game and the skills competition. Mm-hmm. Do you think Ottawa... I mean, like, he's on a great contract, obviously, for the... They wouldn't move You don't think he'd move... They, they even think well, about moving him. They have no reason. While yeah, but they're really about... stupid and like they've made terrible <laughs> they've made terrible organizational decisions in the yeah. past three years I since just they've don't. been in the conference finals. I don't see it. My favorite buy for the Sabres, if if I can jump there now, is gonna be uh Peugeot. 
from I was thinking Iowa, I was thinking of Pajot, I would too. Absolutely. Yeah. Love to have no, a little bit more center depth with somebody. He's got like 30 points right now. He's got yeah. 19 goals or something. And he's a UFA. Like, um, go get him. Got a great all, rental. All day. Oh, absolutely. And it's not even a rental because you could consider resigning that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, well, it, if a it is a rental, I mean, fuck He's it. like in, like at his prime right now. He's finally starting to hit his stride and he's had some really nice games. And that's a potentially third line player. That has 19, 20 goals already middle in six. the season? Yeah, middle six guy. Yeah. yeah. He could push some people around. He could push Johansson to either elevate his game or... Move Johansson back to wing. Yeah, right. So I think that's a big piece that is out there to get. I agree. It's just up to if they want to spend enough. I bet there's going to be a couple buyers oh, for him. Playoff teams will give up a first. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. really want the Sabres to give up a first for him. I wouldn't hate it, but... I only want them to do that if they're really close to the playoff spot at that point, and I think that that's the piece that is going to push them in. Yeah. You got one? You got anybody you want them to bring in really bad? Mm, no, not really, to I be got honest. Two. Let's hear them. Let's go. I'll give you the easy one first, because you guys are going to hate me for the second one. But um, Chris Kreider, I wouldn't mind that. Rangers, that's a UFA, yeah. at the, UFA at the end of the year. That What's you making, like, seven? Not even. That's like that's five. That's a half, yeah. that's a rental right there. That's a rental, but that's, that's I wouldn't mind them re-signing him either. Yeah, uh, like I'm fine with it. Is and he I, 28, 29 years old? Yeah. I don't even think he's that old. No, I think he's like. I think he's. 20, I think he's, he's like 25, 26. Really? I thought. Yeah. I think he's like research. at least 27. I could be wrong though. Should have done this research beforehand, but that's okay. Um. Anyways, and then oh, he's 28. Okay. Um, my second one. Let's hear it. I'm already pissed Rip. off. Kyle Turris. I don't hate that. Dude. Everyone hates I him. Hate in I don't Nashville hate that at all. And I'm like, I actually really like that. <laughs> he was in in Ottawa. He was fine. I mean, yeah, but he's good. At, he's a good defender, and he can score some goals. Yeah. But so he was good in in uh, Ottawa, and then Nashville traded for him, and. I kind of feel like he's been underutilized a little bit, and the knock on him was always that you know he doesn't score goals. But if you look at like the numbers, he's actually been pretty impactful as an offensive uh, player the last couple of years. So I, I just and he has term, and it's really not bad term. And if you bring him in and he ends up as your third line center, like who cares? Mm-hmm. You have a guy in that spot now. Who is right now? Who's spending the majority of time at center on the third line? Sometimes, Lar- sometimes Larson. Yeah. I mean, well, they've actually flipped around a lot. To we be don't honest. have a quote unquote we don't third have, line. We don't have a second line. Lazar, <laughs> Lazar is actually Johansson, a like almost all year. Lazar has been playing well. As of lately, Lazar has been getting a lot of faceoffs though. Rodriguez, maybe like who fucking knows? So I don't mind putting somebody, an established in like legitimate centerman, which we yeah. only have one of. Yeah, like I, th- or I feel two, like, but they don't put Sam at center. So yeah, I feel like Bodro got a little obsessed with. A little versatile players that you can move from wing to center to, to the other side of the wing, and he just has a bunch of players that don't really have defined roles. And, and just another thing to touch them. on is going back to the Sabres, I'm just going to put this little tidbit in. We are towards the back five teams in the league in faceoff percentage. Yep. And as unimportant as you might think faceoffs are, which they're not as important as they're a lot important. of other, but they're pretty important. I disagree. I really I don't think they're that important. But like, if you're at the they're important when you're in the lower half of the league or the top five of the league. Like there's, if you can you can fuck around with. If you're middle of the pack and face off percentage, it's not gonna make or break you. There, it's not as important as special teams and other stuff like that. Yeah. I'm on. The, I I agree with Joe. I hate you guys. No, I'm just kidding. Let's oh. see, uh, 
the counter I mean, argument. I just <laughs> special like, teams are way more important than faceoffs. Okay, that, I mean that's 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 fair, that's, but, that's just. Um, I can you can you make an equivalent to the importance of a faceoff? Like what? What other? Like why I like them so much? Like yeah. Why what aspect? So, of so is offensively, like, if you you know you're winning offensive zone faceoffs, you're keeping your offense alive and you're keeping mm-hmm. yourself in the offensive zone for a longer period of time. Defensively, if you're winning those faceoffs, you can establish a better breakout coming out of the zone. Yeah. So you think it has neutral a neutral zone impact. faceoffs? I just don't think like those aren't as important. But offensive and defensively, like you should be legitimately thinking about who's taking every faceoff. Like they Kruger's done a good job of this, where he'll actually put Eichel out there for offensive zone faceoffs, which I think like. Housley didn't do. He would legitimately put out Saboka in almost every offensive zone faceoff. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing ever. Uh-huh. Defensively, Kruger does kind of the same thing where he puts, like, you know, Gergensen's out there to win defensive zone faceoffs, which I'm fine with because Gergensen's is fine. Like, he he wins some, he loses some, whatever. But yeah, I'm going to go off on a random bottle tangent. Let's go. I actually like what he's done. Stemming with. from faceoffs. <laughs> I, I, well, no, because we were talking about, like, Lazar, and I'm like, I actually like what he's done with the AHL a lot. <clears throat> He's I, really I rebuilt our you. farm team. Like Tim Murray completely ignored it, and mm-hmm. Botterill has legitimately made them into a contender and built them up to being a really good team at this the, point. Yeah. Like this he stopped like ignoring it. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, but he he managed Wilkes-Barre Scranton when he. Mm-hmm. Was I was just I was literally just gonna say that you look back at a team like Pittsburgh and yeah. Pittsburgh lost Crosby for how many games? Like thirty almost. Yeah, right. And they, and still... they were able to call. I mean, it's not all call ups. Don't get me wrong. They have Evgeny Malkin. They have so many other pieces on the team, but they're able to call people up from that team. And they make an insane impact right away. Which like the Sabers haven't had players that have been able to do that in a really long time, but. You know, it's not just Botterill too. Randy Sexton's done a really yeah. good job with with Rochester as well. Um, but even going you know, back to Rochester, yeah, I mean Chris Taylor. Yeah. Chris Taylor's seen him on the pro side yeah. of the game also, yeah. so it's good to have him down there with Middlestat. Like, mm-hmm. and that's credit to Botterill. I mean, yeah. credit where credits due. Pittsburgh routinely finds a way to bring in impact bottom six forwards that are young, and they're not afraid to call somebody up and be like, "Okay, it didn't work. Send him back down." Yeah. yeah, and you know, look at the guys that they have right now. Dominic Simone, they Jake Gensel wasn't supposed to be the player that he is, but he came up and he's been playing insane. Connor Sheary, he's on our team right now. Like, mm-hmm. um, the they have a, a player from Germany whose name I'm blanking on that was really good for them for a while. Jake Tom, uh, Tom Kunakl. I mean, like oh, yeah. their Stanley Cup run. If you look at the players that they had, are riddled with home drafted players who played in Wilkesbury, built themselves up, and then. Gensel played his first. What he only had like two or three regular season games before they won the cup, right? Yeah. And he won an absolute terror, scoring yeah, eighteen incredible. plus goals, right? Or like I could be off one or two goals, but I mean he was amazing. He was. He was a, playing with Crosby was, though, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, so that helps. I guess that's sure. like goes back to the whole Lofson thing. Like he's playing with Eichel and Reinhardt, but shit, you got to bury them. Somebody's got to bury the puck, yeah. and clearly there's, he's there's, that guy. Like and. Yeah. There's people this who year. play with Eichel who don't put up any points like Gergensen's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a perfect example. It's yeah. like Olafson is clear talent. Yeah, yeah. put Gergensen on that line, and he's playing great with them. But like, who wouldn't? Yeah, <laughs> right, Olafson so just has a higher ceiling. <laughs> I think that's a good place to kind of wrap things up with this one. Nice little welcome back yeah. podcast. Yeah, thank you guys um, for tuning in. I know it's been a while, but. We're looking forward to getting back into the regular swing of things here. So thank you for tuning in. This is Buffalo Bartok signing off for this episode. We'll see you guys soon. See ya. Love you.